0: Drag Race Recap Show for Drag Race UK, Season 1, Episode 6, titled Thirsty Work. My name is Joe Batanz and I am joined, as always, by one parched co-host. From the podcast pod is my co-pilot, please say... You're a bunch of ugly, talentless, horrible little witches. (laughs) To Taylor the Latte Boy. Hello, Taylor the Latte Boy. Are you talking about Pod as my co-pilot when you say that? (laughs) I'm talking about us. Everyone should know we just played the meanest trick on Afterthought (laughs) Media Personality, producer of the rumor Evan Ayers. He came on for a little bit of a pre-show Patreon exclusive uh, chat about Drag Race UK, and um, somehow we convinced him, he hadn't watched the episode yet, that Bag of Chips went home.
1: (laughs) for like 15 minutes yeah what well, he even like said he, yeah <coughs> he went off he went off the air and was just defeated yeah just like
0: well fuck i don't want to watch it now yeah uh and so we convinced him to bag of chip and, and by the way once again big thank you to everyone in our chat room for going along with the joke no one's saying like joe because they can do that sometimes evan he's lying you know yeah.
1: No, so thanks for playing along. Though at one point, Humble Pie wrote something like, "I I'm not even going to watch the show," and I'm thinking, "Oh God, she thinks that <laughs> she thinks the bag is <laughs>
0: fun too." Yeah. No. 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 Evan and uh, Evan Taylor, uh, have you heard the latest episode of Drag Race uh, with Daniel? Where I kept calling him Daniel the Brewer or something like that, or like uh, I kept calling him your name. I kept calling him Taylor.
1: Yes, you kept calling him Taylor. I did notice that a couple of times. It did make it did make me laugh.
0: Oh, I know what I wanted to talk to you about. So, um, before – so, okay, one of the things I want to talk to you about is that you can't – my therapy session is not very interesting. But I, I want to talk about this is – so, it was a little bit dramatic, Okay. I was a little, had a little bit of a drama spell yesterday, right? At, that that uh, my boyfriend Aiden was the victim of. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It it worked itself out. But one of the things we were talking about, and I was telling him, is I was like, "Listen, you have to understand. We Latinos are an emotional bunch." Oh yes. <laughs> Thank you. I go and we wear our hearts on our sleeve, and oh, we. Oh ha- yes. <laughs> And I said, it's something you're going to go, Taylor dates a Latino, is married to a Latino. I go, he can see – because I don't – he goes, I just don't understand it. And I
1: go – I live with a telenovela at any moment – in
0: this house, but why do you think that? As, because you're also a mental health professional, and I know it's not because you know a uh, fellow Latino and afterthought media personality Jorge Munoz over on the rumor mill has self described herself as a very dramatic and very jealous Latinx you know boyfriend, okay. And um I remember my friend Jonathan R. I. P., when he was dating a Latino one guy. He called he, he was my friend, you know, and then like very early in our friendship, he dated a Latino guy briefly, and he was like, "Holy shit, is it a Latino thing? Because he has the temper and, and the drama of Joe Batanz. And I was like, "Yeah, it's a Latino <laughs> thing." So So tell me about this, Taylor. because you, you must be an expert in this. You must have written your your master's thesis on this.
1: On on the fiery temper of the and the dramatics of the Latino community. Yes, I, I think that it is. <clears throat> I don't know. I think when when you take, you know, from what I understand about now, I'm now I'm going to speak in broad stereotypes mm-hmm. <laughs> at this point. But when you take the. Um, the Latino community, the the importance of family mm-hmm. and the importance of support and loyalty to family that you would do anything for them. Mm-hmm. On top of the, um, the flamboyance of the cultures, many mm-hmm. of the cultures of the Latino community, as far as food and and culture and dance yeah. and music yeah. and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It combines for plus you have the dramatics of the gays. Yeah, on top of all of that, just you that that that's a recipe for. I I, I was that a recipe for disaster, but it's just a recipe for dramatics, and it's a recipe for just sort of when when a lot of you know, gay men in particular, Mm -hmm. we grow up watching who we grow up watching strong women, strong, and they become our divas, they become our idols. Mm -hmm. So when you have Latin gay men grow up watching strong Latin women, and the the way that they have shown strong latin women in the media i am just sinking myself deeper no, it, no, no 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 you're, no you're you're
0: going in the right direction okay
1: i think that that is where that becomes the where, where it is all about flamboyance and it's all about being the center of attention and it's all about being the beautiful woman in the room mm-hmm. that everyone can take their eyes off of and that you know and, and in order to be that you must be the best which means you have to push everybody else down you have to claw your way to the top and I feel like that involves being the center of attention a lot of the time.
0: Yeah, because you, you've never talked that much about uh, Bobby Lou's. Uh, like, I know he's emotional. I know he cries at the drop of a hat. But I'll, I'll tell you this. I cried during this episode.
1: You cried during Drag Race UK's mm-hmm, episode?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I cry uh, during Fantasmic at Disneyland. Okay. And uh, I don't know why. And uh, so I do cry very easily at certain emotional things. But um, I don't even remember the movie Savannah Smiles. I was. They had to take me to oh, a, my God. They had to take I
1: haven't to, thought of that movie in 35 years.
0: They had to take me to a child psychologist <laughs> after Savannah Smiles.
1: Oh, God. So, for I, any, can, the, <laughs> I can tell you the moment. It's funny you mentioned Disney World and crying. The moment I fell in love with Lou was at Disney World. Why is that? Because we were walking uh, in Epcot, mm-hmm. and there was – we were walking by the the pin, like where they trade pins and stuff. Yeah. And there was a kid – there was a young man who was probably in his late teens or early 20, and he mm-hmm. was was uh, special needs. He was in a wheelchair. He was – it looked like he was sort of nonverbal. And yeah. He was just sitting there while his family was kind of trading pins with a cast member sort of thing. And he became and he Evan
0: airs producer of The Rural <laughs> Mill.
1: <laughs> no. And I remember, like, I you kind of, like, looked at him as we walked past, just because, mm-hmm. you know, you people watching stuff. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I heard sniffling, and I looked over, and Babalu was crying. Mm-hmm. And I said, what's wrong? And he just said, he just looked so happy being – I almost can't talk about it because it, it makes me – And it was just one of those where I realized that's how big – this man's heart is mm-hmm. and that it's the, okay this is the, the you're, you're you're that special person who feels things in a way that i want to, i want to be in my life for the rest of my life so I, I that was that was the moment that i knew that i was absolutely in love with him
0: so that's very sweet story but my question to you is when he has a temper tantrum what makes you not oh, want to well throw him yeah <laughs>
1: He's only thrown a knife a couple of times. <laughs> has he really thrown a knife? No. God, okay. no. He's never thrown a knife. Um, no, he's – he's I know that he's really mad – we have had – the joke has always been that I have been Lucy to his Ricky, and when I get him to curse in Spanish, that's when I know. Mm-hmm. And usually he does it kind of as a joking thing because he knows it makes me giggle. Mm-hmm. I can only think of two times in which he cursed at me in Spanish that – I'm not going to lie. It moved a little. <laughs> oh, really? I was just like, oh, yes. Okay. Here we go. Here we mm-hmm. go. So he's – he's it's it's rare that he gets that way. But he does have a temper on him. And he's gotten much better at showing his temper as he's gotten more comfortable with me. Oh. For a long time, I think he just – got because, you know, we're talking about the fact that he's Cuban. I'm Italian. Mm-hmm. So there are times that when we fight, it is – it you know – the neighbors get concerned because mm-hmm. it's rare that that happens because we've also worked to communicate
0: better. But that doesn't mean that we still don't communicate loudly yeah.
1: when necessary.
0: Yeah, the problem is Aiden is like white, 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 right? Mm-hmm. So the way they deal with things is just to pretend like it didn't happen and not talk about it. Yeah. And so he just doesn't understand it. And so he's waspy. Wasps are repressed. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it, it's. Uh, but I told him like, look, you're just going to have to get used to this. Um, it's it's funny. You're it's funny you're talking about this though because yeah. <clears throat> I'm listening to
1: another podcast. It's not an afterthought. Me, calm down, calm down. It's it's one of the other shows that I don't listen to of yours that I that's not yours that I listen to called the Happiness Lab, and they did a show because I'm like three weeks behind on everybody. They did a show talking about um, ironic uh, processing. Mm-hmm. Which is where you. If I said to you, for the next ten seconds, do not think about a polar bear.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, can you do that for the next ten seconds?
0: Uh, well, okay. Let's have every, we'll have everyone in the audience do it. Okay, so here we go. Can you count off though? Can you count?
1: I'll oh. count. I'll
0: count for ten seconds. And for I can 10 also seconds, look at a clock. I can look at a clock.
1: Okay, well then count for a clock. Okay, okay, and so what I want everybody to do is for the next ten seconds in the chat room. Yeah. If you happen to think about a polar bear while you're trying to not think about a polar bear, yeah. I
0: want you to hit the button, to the, the T letter, the T key on your thing, okay? Okay, wait, hold so on. You but you know what I'll do here? I have it somewhere. Because I want everyone to do it. And I'm being honest. What I'm going to do is I think I have it. Oh, God, where is it? This is so annoying. Um, I need to find. Okay, I found it. Okay, so I found it. Every time I think of a polar bear, I will hit this sound. Okay. Okay. Okay, it's funny because that actually is part of the actual experiment. But I didn't think
1: everybody had bellhop bells to do. All right, so. Do you want to tell me when to go? All right, on your mark, don't think about polar bears for the next, next 10 seconds. All right. All right, starting now. All right, that's 10. Okay. Okay, so you only thought about polar bears once? Yeah. But you did think about polar bears. I did. Okay, so the reason that we're doing that is because it is... <clears throat> I only see one T. <laughs> uh, so... What you're doing in that moment is, when talking about feelings, that a lot of times we try to repress feelings because we don't want to think about stuff. We want to kind of submerge it. But the more we try to submerge things, the more it bubbles to the surface in other ways. What I refer to as coming out sideways. Yeah. So if we're feeling depressed or anxious or angry or confused or whatever, allow yourself to feel the feeling. And mm-hmm. what will eventually happen is not, not only will you still you feel the feeling, but you will actually – Get over those feelings quicker if it's a negative feeling that you don't necessarily want to feel. Mm-hmm. So if you're feeling I, I, t- I talked to a guy today, if you're feeling anxious about things, he has certain things that he does that I don't think are smart, but that's, he and I had a big argument about it today. But what I'm trying to convince him to do is just allow himself to feel anxious and recognize that he is in a safe place, that it is temporary. He's never felt anxious, and it's never gone away. At certain points, he has felt better than others. And if you allow yourself to feel anxious rather than trying to fight it, mm-hmm. it will it will end sooner. The anxiety, the anx- anxious attack will end sooner. Do you think about
0: polar bears I again? think about polar bears. Well, you <laughs> know what's so funny? I can't remember if this was in the uh, – if this was in the book um the untethered soul or some other piece of shit book that i wrote now that's actually a good book um is but if and it's very close to what you were saying but to almost go outside of your imagine yourself outside of your body and watching mm. yourself have that emo- in other words you live through it but also imagine that you're watching yourself almost like in a snow globe go through that ima- through that emotion and almost look at it with wonder you know yeah. like uh, like examine yourself having that experience but yeah. to live the experience. Well, and, and, and something else similar is a book that I read a couple of years ago called The Tools. Yeah. And
1: in the one of the first things they talk about is sort of embracing – it's more fear-based stuff. But it is where you imagine whatever your issue or your problem is kind of like a cloud. Mm-hmm you know, or a swarm or something. And Mm -hmm. if you try to run away from it, the swarm gets bigger, but if Mm -hmm. you run towards it, the swarm gets smaller. Mm -hmm. So what you do is you kind of imagine yourself looking at this swarm or this cloud and imagine yourself running towards it and Mm -hmm. running through it. And then it's behind you. So that's, that's, it's kind of similar, but it just was dumb luck that I listened to this podcast this morning. And then like three of my five clients today, I was like, well, I heard this on a podcast and, and you know, you want to, you want to try that.
0: Alright, this week, Davina DeCampo and the Vivian go at it. The girls have to guess what the Brit crew is packing and sell their own brand of water that promotes their own personal brand. Davina DeCampo has a sit-down with Katya. Cheryl Hall meets her namesake. The girls dress in rainy day eleganza, and Bag of Chips gives up. In the end, the Vivian was named the winner of the challenge, while Blue Hydrangea and Cheryl Hall were placed in the bottom two. After a lip-sync battle for their lives, Cheryl Hole lives to see another day, while Blue Hydrangea is asked... To sashay away, Taylor, the Latte Boy, name two things you liked about the episode and one thing you uh, did not. I always like the many challenges
1: that involve underwear. <laughs> yeah. Whether it's the, you know, what you pack in or what's your number or any of that sort of thing. Those are always mm-hmm. kind of fun. And and this was a fun way to do it. I was a little disappointed with commando men camo, but oh, it was yeah. fine. But the under oh, the act, the underwear was super cute.
0: RuPaul said commando. And I was like, Ugh. Com-
1: yeah. Wow. And she came in when she first came in, she said something, but we were I was eating dinner. So I. she made some little comment where, again, it's one of those similar to other TV shows that that you guys review of where when the host makes a joke, the rest of them have to laugh really, oh, yeah, big, yeah, even yeah. though it's not that funny. Mm-hmm. The things that she was saying, I'm like, they're all laughing way too hard at her. Um, yeah. But I enjoyed that. The Maxi Challenge itself, we've seen this done before with commercials, but I kind of like the fact that they all had the same – they all did water bottles. It mm-hmm. wasn't where they all had to come up with an object. And, like, I remember the one that I feel was in All Stars 2 where they all had to come up with something and then they were going to sell it at DragCon, whatever it was. And mm-hmm. um, this was that they all had a very basic, it's a water bottle, Come up, come up with a marketing thing for it. Um, the thing I did not like was I did not understand the whole Davina the Vivian fight. Oh, we're gonna get into um, that. I have, oh, yeah, no, I figured that. that's yeah. kind of the meat as far as story content for the episode. Mm-hmm. And it just felt it was, and it didn't make either one of them look good by the end of the episode. I don't mm-hmm. think I, there wasn't necessarily a clear victor in that. And I think that both of their brands might have suffered a little bit because of it.
0: Mm-hmm. What about you? Uh well you know first of all bravo to Cheryl and Blue who give us the first decent lip sync of the season uh it's actually a good lip sync uh that they both did a, a a good job a decent job I'd ag- I'd agree with half of that but okay oh you thought Blue was terrible
1: Blue was flailing. Blue. I think that the issue with Blue was because she had the eyes painted on her face. Mm-hmm. It looked like she couldn't emote because you were focused on these weird eyes that were staring at you the whole time, and it was hard. Plus, on top of that, it was just the, her dancing style was very was very odd, and I, mm-hmm. I didn't enjoy watching her as much as
0: I enjoyed watching Cheryl. We could talk about this later. But maybe I might forget. When Cheryl did that death drop, it looked like a little, de- like, all. Well, did she just, are the medics going to come? Did she just yeah. literally her- hurt herself there? She
1: looked like she slammed her head in the back of the...
0: Yeah, because usually, yeah. if you ever watch death drop, for usually what they do, they one foot never leaves the floor. You know, yeah. uh, they'll, they'll just kind of spin on that foot, and they'll use that foot as leverage, and then they land there first, and that shoulders the... Brunt of it and then they just sort of fall down. She like literally was vertical, not vertical, horizontal in the air, and like it looks like she almost landed on her head first. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of crazy. Um, alright. Um the other thing I liked was I loved the drama between the Vivian and uh Davina DeCampo. I it brought up a lot of emotions for me that we'll talk about, and I'm sure you and I will have a very uh engaging conversation about this topic and then uh so i'll save that for that but i did love the drama and i love that a topic like that was brought up and what i didn't like was um i wasn't a fan of the vivian this episode i felt she came off very entitled but by the way i agree with you that perhaps um the vivian and davina both came off not looking so hot by the end of it um, but, uh, the Vivian for me, and I'll explain that in a bit, was the one where I was like, ooh, I don't, necessarily, I don't hate her, I don't know what I really hate, I just thought there was a little bit of a, like, well, my dear, I've been winning so far, so the fact that I wasn't doing perfect the whole time, I'm just really disappointed in myself. You know, and I was just like, okay. Mm-hmm. And I was like, calm down, the Vivian. <laughs> so... That was my sort of hot take from this episode. Uh anything else before we jump right into the episode, Taylor? I love Rue's hair. She has no hair. Oh, you mean on on
1: uh, the, way, when- the way the way the the auburn the reddish strawberry yeah. blonde wig. I wish she would change. I get I get that she's known for the blonde, mm-hmm. but when she goes that reddish color, she mm-hmm. looks so pretty. It's so it, it de-ages her. She looks younger with hair that color versus when she does the big blonde platinum.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I think she had a really good point. I never thought of that. All right. After Crystal's elimination, the Vivian reveals that she had been given the right to, if had she been given the right to choose teams, she would have chosen differently. She would have chosen Cheryl Hall, Bag of Chips, and then she draws a blank as to whom she would have chosen next. Davina DeCampo calls the Vivian out for sleeping on Davina DeCampo's talent, and this leads to an all-out confrontation in the workroom. Things calm down a bit, but then continue again as Davina talks to Blue and Cheryl about the argument. The Vivian and Davina go at it one more time before they all agree to table the fight. All right. This is actually... I mean, the fight comes up here and there in drips and drafts throughout the episode, but this is the meat of it. This is the chunk of it. Uh, Taylor, your thoughts on this argument? It just felt very for somebody who a couple
1: of weeks ago, the way I remember Davina, Davina was all about wanting to show Rue who she was. And it wasn't necessarily concerned with the other Queens thought about her. Uh-huh. And at this point she is doing that. She's had two wins at this point, two strong wins at this point with the girl group and with the look, the, um, the boot, the boot sale look. I, I don't get why it's so important to her, what the Vivian thinks. And, Not only is that, but at one point when she and Blue and um, uh, Cheryl are talking to, like, sort of bring it up again, not only to bring it up again, but then, like, you've got the Vivian walking over and, like, trying to give her a hug. And then it just turns into this weird caddy where... At this point, like, I, I didn't get, you know, Davina is somebody that when we did the Meet the Queens, I was not a big fan of. We, mm-hmm. we talked very, and I have really grown to really love Davina this season. And when she started doing this, I'm like, girl, stop talking. Stop, stop. You know, you're going to lose this because you're not making yourself look good. You know, whereas, and the Vivian was trying to give compliments, but then it kind of came out as a read with, you are you are 20 times more the queen than I thought you were before. The whole thing—it just was messy. It was messy, and the weird where they clearly said to Baga, "Come around here, and we'll take a shot of you pretending (laughs) to listen and look all surprised." Yeah,
0: yeah. you know. And why would Baga? Why would Baga need to be hiding behind like Blue and Cheryl are literally standing right there? Why would Baga need to be hiding behind like a, a a rack of clothes and peeking in? Yeah,
1: it was. It was just. It was the whole thing was just sort of messy and. I I'm almost wondering if it was contrived. Like oh, there's part of me that almost felt like where they just kind of thought, "Oh, we could have some fun with this." Uh,
0: I, this is what I think. Maybe I'll buy into that a little bit. Maybe when the fight continues later, you know. Okay. But in this one, I think it was real. Now, here's the thing: I realize I'm bringing my own bag of chips to the to the <laughs> table here. Okay. Right? But I fully side with Davina, and I'll tell you why. And even though I know Davina is a white chick from, you know, England, the emotion she's feeling is often what. I'm not saying this is necessarily exclusive to people of color. It could actually be fat people, uh, maybe gay people in certain parts of the country. Um, but anytime you're an other, okay, mm-hmm. I feel and this has been my experience in my life, that people sleep on your talent, okay? And that in every, this has been the thing with me, is that in every job I've ever had, uh, from SAT tutoring to anything, I've always had to work three times as hard to get the same amount of credit as someone who isn't in other i'm not going to say white. i'm not going to because it could be a straight person it could be a thin person it could just be an attractive person right uh-huh. i've just had to work three four times as hard to get the recognition okay and so i something that i could understand when maybe davina's had to deal with it in her life so it could be even one of these things where um the Vivian is paying the karmic price for something Davina has dealt with her whole life. Cause I oh, could go ahead. Yeah.
1: yeah. No, I, I, this was definitely, uh, I think something, you know, a lot of times when we talking about fighting, like we were a couple of minutes ago, mm-hmm. Um, when we fight about things, we're not really fighting about those things. It's what's happening is fights or disagreements or anything like that triggers emotions in us and we are are saying things there's always multiple levels to to stuff mm-hmm. um and for whatever reason Davina that moment of where the Vivian just kind of took the big pause not to overuse a word that gets used a lot, but triggered something in Davina, brought up something in Davina, and she was processing that through mm-hmm. the Vivian and through this fight with the Vivian. Mm-hmm. At least the very beginnings of that. Now, yeah. I would say probably through that whole first section yeah. of feeling unrecognized, un- unappreciated.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So And while it might be that, yes, the Vivian isn't necessarily appreciating her, there's somebody else in her life or some other agency or some other group or something that she does not feel appreciated by. And just like you said, that was the mm-hmm. Vivian allowed herself to become a target for that.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, you know, one, one thing that I always, you know, just to sort of, you know, I always have to bring personal stuff in here is, uh, I think I've talked about this on a show before, but I was up for a job on Jimmy Kimmel live, you mm-hmm. know? And I remember the person I was interviewing with, Pretty much told me I had the job. Was, like, taking me around, introducing me to people. Like, it was, to me, I was like, oh, I'm going to be working on Jimmy Kimmel Live, you know? And it was me versus a straight, young, white guy. Okay? Uh Uh-huh. And, uh... I was. She was like, "All right, well, you'll hear from me by like Monday or Tuesday." And I was like, "All right." I had like four interviews, the whole thing. I mean, they she she did everything but had me fill out my uh, you know my my tax W two yeah. And I was like already like making plans, you know, like you know blah 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 blah. And um, I got an email probably Tuesday or Wednesday, and it said, "Hey, listen, you know this was a really tough call, but we went with the other guy." And I remember I was like, "What?" Let me tell you this, because because um, uh, Jimmy Kimmel Live is an ABC show, and and mm-hmm. I've said this, I've said who this person is on multiple shows, but I'm still gonna make you dig a little bit. I know someone who is pretty high at ABC, and he he called the executive in charge of that show, and the executive in charge of that show told her to hire me, right? Well, mm-hmm. put in a good word for me. I shouldn't say told her to hire me, right? Still didn't get the job. I would go around telling people, like, well, look, you know, look, at least a young straight white guy got another chance in Hollywood. (laughs) Um, So, uh, and it's just, but it was, that was, it wasn't even getting that, not getting that job. It was one of these things where it was, it's just at a certain point, you just get beaten down so much and it becomes tiring, it becomes exhausting. You have to ask yourself, well, why? What is it? Why what is going wrong here? What am I not doing? On paper, everything is is good, you know, and everything is solid. Everything should be happening. And it just didn't, it just didn't happen. And and so like I feel her pain where it's like, you know, um, yeah. I mean, like, I, I mean I could go on and on with stories, you know, where like that's why I have my own businesses, you know? Okay. And okay, what's wrong? That that's where I was going with
1: this. Oh, that's where ahead. I was getting ready to go with my my uh not rebuttal, but my comment on that was that you know th- this is very similar to a conversation I had with a with a, a client today. Without mm-hmm. getting into his stuff, but he was talking about the whole idea of feeling. Very isolated in the world and very, even though he has family and he has people in his life, he feels Mm -hmm. as though nobody understands him and nobody, nobody gets him and nobody, nobody wants to be around him and that he did, you know, all this kind of stuff. And what I pretty much said to him was. What I said to him very emphatically—I was probably a little mean about it—while I was saying it was that then you have to be then you have to become your own cheerleader, you have to become if 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 nobody else gives a shit what you're doing or you feel as though nobody else gives a shit what you're doing, do you give a shit about what you're doing? And he said, "Well, no, not really." I'm like, then that's the problem. Mm-hmm. You have to do it for you, and then the other people will follow suit, or they won't. Fuck them if they if they can't. You didn't I. you and I talked about when you were up for the job at Jimmy Kimmel and, and you didn't get the job and you were clearly disappointed by that. And. I, I would agree with you that. I mean, I actually I, I, it's not that I wouldn't I, w- I wouldn't disagree with you. We don't know why you didn't get the job. And That's the other true. I got the we job. We don't know. OK, but you also took that. And created afterthought media. You used that at least as while it didn't happen immediately after that, that became one of the logs for the fire that created what you have now. That is and, true. And, and what you are going to do with this, I mean, not to not to suck your dick on air or anything, but, I mean, you know, this has begun over the course. <laughs> He's pretending to smoke a cigarette, everybody. Um, you know, you started off with this idea And it was really kind of going to be like drag race and catching up. And like, that was kind of it in the beginning. And you got how many different shows with how many different people. And you're still, you and I talk about ideas for future projects and you talk about what you're going to do. This isn't something where you did it like to thumb your nose. You did it because you wanted the independence and the ability to be creative and the ability to speak your mind and to say what you want to do and have something that you're proud of. You know, I just listened to and I sent you a message last night. I just listened to your interview with Hollow E from Dracula last night. And I sent you a text message immediately after over. What did I say?
0: You said, uh, I'm quitting the show. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I want to be able to say fish anytime I want. And yeah. now I feel like I can't. So I'm leaving. I'm taking yeah. my toys and I'm going home. No, I said it was an amazing interview. And you, you and Laurie should both be proud of yourselves for that. That was a, that was a great great interview. I was for somebody I didn't necessarily like on her season. Mm-hmm. I was fascinated mm-hmm. with with her and what she was talking about. And you you both you both were you both were just amazing.
0: Well, you were, I you was were amazing,
1: Lori. Oh, well, okay. Well, I, I was getting ready to say <laughs> you were amazing.
0: You know, because we're talking about you.
1: No, but you, also, did you, do you, do you know notice Laurie's me going therapy like, session at different time?
0: Me notice me going, me going, but. But and like Lori and hollowed him stop talking. Right. Yeah. Take. It doesn't matter
1: what anybody else thinks. You have to be in a place where if no one else appreciates you, learn to appreciate yourself and learn to appreciate the gifts that you have. You are. And I have said this before privately, and I've said it on the show. You are one of the funniest people. I know you are one of those people that when you you can get me to laugh at the darkest shit that other people can't necessarily do. You were you were one of the only people that called me every single day while I was in the hospital. And I will forever appreciate you for that. I just want to play on those tit trumpets. <laughs> so don't worry about what other people think. Focus on you and focus on this great thing that you are doing. And then w- when, when you recognize your gifts for yourself, everybody else will show up. The ones who are important will show up. But why
0: didn't the Vivian like, pick me to be in
1: her group? That's what I wanted to know. Well, because you're not known for your choreography. You're very funny, but your choreography is real. Well, I great.
0: also have that cheap silver dress. Yeah, and
1: a and red wig. a red wig.
0: <laughs> All the time. All right, well, why don't we use this moment? good couldn't do it anyway to take a break. And, oh, wait. I have, wait, I have a new thing I'm trying out here. Hold on. We're going to take a break right here on Drag Race UK. That sting is too long. Back. Yeah! Yeah! (laughs) Back at Drag Race. (laughs) Yeah! Woo! All right, the next day, the girls sit around the the workroom table and the fight. (laughs) And the fight resumes. This time, RuPaul interrupts the fight and enters the workroom to announce this week's mini challenge. For today's mini challenge, we're going to play a little game called. B-B-C. Ladykins, you have to guess what these handsome chaps are wearing under their shorts. (laughs) You have three choices, boxers, briefs, or commando. You have six (laughs) attempts each, and the queen with the most correct guesses wins. Davina De Campo guesses five out of six correctly, and she wins the challenge. As her prize, she wins a phone call from Drag Race All Star Katya. Next, RuPaul announced this week's maxi challenge. So, for this week's maxi challenge, you need to create and market your own brand of bottled water. Now, you'll be in charge of every detail, from the name to the packaging. To producing and starring in your own commercial. Uh, Cheryl hole gets emotional back in the workroom, by the way. Cheryl hole gets emotional because she's drawing a blank. The Vivian suggests that Cheryl try a different take and use a Welsh accent, but Blue Hydrangea worries the girls are intentionally leading Cheryl down a wrong path and hopes that she'll fail. Elsewhere, Bagga tells Vivian that she's worried about Cheryl because Cheryl is the only contestant yet to win a Rue Peter badge. So let's take this beat by beat. Taylor, your thoughts on that mini challenge. I liked it. As I, oh, as yeah. I said,
1: it was one of my things that I liked the most. Um, I thought it was, I thought it was fun. It was cheeky. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, like I said, I like the, I like the outfits. The <laughs> I like the underwear. Um, I definitely thought, I thought it was, a I thought it was a fun little thing. I, like I said, I always like when they do the Andrew Christian or the, what was the one? Dirt squirrel. Oh, yeah. last uh-huh. season. So, it's it's always fun. What about you? What did you think?
0: Okay. Speaking of sleeping on someone's talent. That tall one?
1: Big Ben as she called him? He can get it. Okay, so yeah, he's he's okay. The <gasps> the, 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 the the number 1 I think was my favorite. The one that looks like Adam Burns with dark hair? Well, number 1 was my favorite till now. <laughs> I I didn't notice that.
0: The, Adam Burns by the one, way host of the host of the Patreon show Throwing Down Adam Burns yes. So the, the was 1 or 3 were the ones that I think I liked. So okay
1: explain to me. Mm-hmm, sure. I once had I once had somebody who you and I both know who you are not a fan of mm-hmm. um who has his own podcast that talks a lot about underwear sure. and stuff. Um talk about that whole thing where guys do that, like underwear models and stuff like that. They do the thing where, like, their dick kind of curls in the front. Yeah. So it makes this weird, like, anteater. I don't. I don't know how you do that. And do you I mean, don't wait, 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 wait,
0: wait, 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 stop, stop, stop. What do you? Okay, I could see why the why question, but what do you mean the the how? Okay, well then maybe it's.
1: So I'm assuming that you have to be at some level of erect for that, but you can't be too
0: erect because then you're just poking forward. So I feel I, so I think okay, I think we're getting to things where you and I don't know because we are on the um, larger side. Um, yeah, <laughs> but I think when you can wear that kind of underwear, I think what's sort of great about that underwear supposedly is the the, the design of it can even make an average to smaller schwantz seem bigger. You know okay. than it really is because of the way it holds up the whole thing. I'm sure someone in the chat room like like some creep like Luke Stamen knows exactly what how to explain it. But um <laughs> I'm gonna get it I'm gonna get a direct message. I was gonna later.
1: say that was a little harsh.
0: I know, I'm gonna get him <sighs> He's already going to Lowe's to buy like the noose and everything like that. Anyway, <laughs> He, um, the big tarp. Yeah, but and everything. And an electric yeah. saw. Yeah, exactly. It's just... He's Googling your house. Yeah. He's going to have the show One Reason Why. It's going to be a picture of me. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, we'll explain to me how this works or the mechanics of it, but I get this... I just got a... Have you ever gotten... This is so weird. Have you ever randomly just been, like, sitting there and you just get a random, like, sensation like i just for some reason got like not the taste but just the sensation of like remembering what eggnog tastes like just now yeah while i was talking i'm all like oh eggnog anyway um (laughs) like how the mechanics of the underwear works so but so i think the folding it down is i think what it does i think that underwear i don't know pushes the balls up which makes it look more packagey and then you fold it over i think and i think it, it basically looks makes it look more like a ball which makes it look more pronounced I, I, has anyone in the chat room chimed in yet uh
1: it says that they probably have socks in their underwear to make it look bigger isn't it like a push-up bra for boys yeah i saw some interview with the popular us picker guys and said they are required to
0: use socks um i think somewhere padding well, i couldn't see any helmets but i'm gonna t- no but here's the deal i'm gonna tell you something I know a guy who's a model, right? And mm-hmm. I don't yeah. think he's very big. Okay. And he sent At least me- it wasn't when it was in your mouth. He sent me a picture, I wish. He sent me a picture years ago that I think he's since I wouldn't say gotten rid of, but I know when he publishes these photos, he never has. I've got I think I got the private edition of these photos, okay? Uh-huh. and i'm gonna see if i can find it but you can tell that he's wearing almost a special underwear that makes it look like like it and it has the outline and everything like that and i'm all like but it, when you see it you're gonna be like oh in the position he's sitting though that shouldn't that shouldn't be like that does that make sense yeah like that's wrong for how he's uh sitting it doesn't make any sense so i'll have to find it later and i'll send it to you but um uh i so i think i wouldn't be surprised if there's underwear with that sort of built in so it looks almost like it looks like you have like a, a the head and the, the you know the shaft and everything but i believe it 100% in big ben i really do <laughs> okay thank you you weren't into him
1: i i'm not i don't like tall guys i like short guys Oh, I like all guys. <laughs> you're the Goldilocks of Afterthought Media.
0: Yeah, uh, they can be tall, they can be short, because it, it because well because you see you're a oh wait why because you're a bottom. Yeah, short guys have something to prove. Oh, because I was gonna say like because I'm verse the um the tall guys and I'm bottom, and then the the shorter guys they top. So that is why I have that opinion. Um, all right. any Anything else about the mini challenge? No. Um, okay. I found the picture. Found it, right. I'm saying it to you right now. Okay. And you'll see what I'm talking about with like, oh, I see what's supposed to happen. I'm shaking sure I'm saying it to you. And then you're like, that's not correct. That's not even anatomically correct. So anyway, uh, the next thing we have here is... Um, the announcement of the Maxi Challenge. Now you've already said that you liked the content of the Maxi Challenge because they're not having to design a product; they just have to make a commercial for the bottle.
1: Yeah, yeah. I thought that. I mean, just having that is where they all start off with the base. I I think that if they're going to do these commercials in the um, in the U.S. version, that maybe they create they design it around a particular thing. I mean, the closest mm-hmm. that we've had to that, I think, is season five, the perfume challenges and that was a that was a good one but i think that when you had something like the all stars one Mm -hmm. where they all had to create something that spoke to their brand out of nowhere Mm -hmm. they just kind of had to come up with something Mm -hmm. that was where i think there was a little bit more of a faltering
0: all right uh, and then finally, in the workroom, Cheryl Hall gets emotional because she's drawing a blank. I think she kind of realizes like the competition is getting too hard for her. What were your thoughts on the Vivian giving that advice? Did you think she was trying to sabotage Cheryl? What did you think there? Yes,
1: <gasps> I think it was. I think it was a sabotage. I think that it was a because it, it, think about it. It it allows her to kind of have that superiority because either way. If she decided to do somebody that wasn't Essex, Mm -hmm. which it doesn't make any sense also because it's supposed to be speaking to your brand, speaking Mm -hmm. to who you are. And Cheryl is known for being an Essex girl. Mm -hmm. I would think that that would make, if anything, she's kind of made to do the Essex thing. But if she doesn't do the Essex Mm -hmm. and it succeeds, Mm -hmm. the Vivian can take credit for it. If she does the Essex and it What did I just say? If she doesn't do the Essex and it succeeds, if she Mm -hmm. does the Essex and it fails, Mm -hmm. she could say, well, just like she did with uh, vinegar. Well, girl, I told you what to do. Are you going to listen to me from now on? Yeah. Yeah. It just felt like, it just felt like a head fuck.
0: Well, what I think is funny and I, I, I'm not, I'm not taking credit for this. I saw this on Reddit is someone pointed out that, you know, she's telling Cheryl, you know, you're always doing the Essex thing. Is that what she tells her? Yeah, and but um, the Vivian's always always doing the Scouser thing, which is someone from Liverpool. Like she's yeah. always playing that up. So what what is it? What, why would she be criticizing Cheryl for doing the exact same thing she does, but somebody different?
1: Because I think she thought it was time to pick her off, and then this is where she's. You know, I I can't help but feel as though there is a. The Vivian is playing a completely different game, I think, than the other girls. Mm-hmm. I feel like she wants it more than the other girls, mm-hmm. and she's willing to be a little bit more conniving
0: mm-hmm.
1: than the other girls on the season. All
0: right,
1: and I I think that that this was an example of that, of where she kind of saw Cheryl as the the easy easy pickens for mm-hmm. the week between her or her or Blue. At this point and thought because I because you'll also notice she doesn't necessarily go for Davina. Yeah. You know, other than when Davina comes for her, she recognizes she does recognize Davina is a fierce queen. Mm -hmm. I think she's just sort of annoyed with the whole. Okay, girl, you know, this isn't this isn't about you and me. This is about this is about, you know, who's going to get the crown.
0: Yeah. So. All right, the table visits next. RuPaul entered the workroom to check on everyone's progress. Ru tells Blue Hydrangea to try something different than just going blue. Baga didn't even think about bag of chips. The Vivian, she's going to do well because she's good at branding. Cheryl Hole worries that she doesn't have a Rue Peter badge yet, and Davina DeCampo talks to RuPaul about her argument with the Vivian. Later in the workroom, Davina DeCampo and the Vivian revisit their argument yet again and what Davina said during the table visit. They agree to disagree, and they seem... To make up. Uh, Taylor, your thoughts here on everything uh, table visit. Well, I love that, you know, Blue had an
1: idea Mm -hmm. and Rue told her not to do it and then sent her home. (laughs) So that whole thing of where we talk about when Rue tells you to do something, you do it this would be an example of a time that you didn't necessarily want to. I Wait. think that she, she pushed, she played it too safe.
0: Well, hold on. But like, then she did that weird jacking off thing with the bottle and giving it a low job. So maybe right, she did, but it kind of was like tacked on at the end.
1: It just didn't, it didn't feel like it went with the rest of the, what she was trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole thing between Rue and Davina where Rue didn't even try and act like, Oh, there's, there's problems. What's yeah. going on? She's like, yeah, you talked to, you talked to the Vivian. What happened? Yeah. So it just felt a little uh, gross, a little salacious. But again, it just it's one of those where it almost felt like there hasn't been a lot of arguing. Mm -hmm. There hasn't been a lot of backstage buffoonery, as you say, on the pick crew. Yeah. And I think that Rue was trying to drum something up. They realized that they had a moment that they could have possibly worked with. And Rue was, I think Rue's so hungry for it mm-hmm. that she just decided to just kind of, you know, th- throw them both to the wolves and see what would happen.
0: By the way, really yeah. quickly here. Cause we were technically, technically supposed to take a break here, but we went long earlier. So I might, might as well do this here. Patreon, everyone, you guys need to join this Patreon. You just brought up the pit crew. Have you been listening to the pit crew? Yeah. I think it is so good this season. Well, they, cause they like Dracula. You know, I think one of the interesting things
1: for the pit crew is listening to the progression of them Mm -hmm. from where they started in the beginning of last season of Mm -hmm. season eleven to where they are now, and the way they talk about the queens. And you're watching personal growth with your cousins. Yeah, everyone should know. You're watching them. It's it's your it's your cousins talking about the looks. Yeah, and. I, the one thing that has really stuck with me in the beginning of season eleven's looks, they were all. All of the queens were all he. Yeah, he looks good, and now they are very open about talking about she and which ones they'd want to get with and which yeah. one. Like it's 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 funny to kind of watch this progression with them and yeah. how comfortable they've gotten talking about it yeah. and just the, and just the the, the episode. I think I'm I think I am always two or three weeks behind. But the one recently where they were both really drunk yeah. while they were talking about it was one of the funniest podcasts I've heard in a while. Yeah. It was a lot of fun to listen to them because they were both by the end, it was starting to get messy, messy yeah. at the end. But they were they were silly and they were having fun and
0: it yeah. was it was very enjoyable to listen to. For those of you on a Patreon supporter, the pit crew is a show where my cousins Philip and Alex score these drag shows by the numbers, almost like a competition. Because at the end, the person with the most points who picks the winner, like a fantasy league team, wins a bottle of scotch. Uh, I'm actually going to be throwing drag now that the season's over. There, you can go to uh, the Pit Crew on, if you look on there, and I'm going to be throwing it up on the free feed. But if but if you want to hear it currently with the current season, go to Patreon.com/slash Afterthought Media. There's a whole slew of shows. Uh, that are on Afterthought, and you should go there, join at the uh, premiere level, the premium level, I'm sorry, and get uh, all that content. Um, So, okay, um, Luke brought up in the chat room that Philip owes Alex a bottle of scotch. I said that I will buy them both the bottle of scotch. So, there we go. All right, now let's let's move on to the commercial filming. Uh, In the studio with Graham Norton, the girls film their commercials in the following order. Before we go there, I want to talk about Graham Norton. I think, and I will say this, in the entire history of the show, he was the best, like, I'm a judge doing a scene with you guys. That makes sense, like, directing the scene. He wasn't judgy. He wasn't, he was, like, laughing along with them and, like, go ahead, do what you're going to do, you know? Like, I didn't get a sense, like... That you know, that one arched eyebrow moment, you know. There was this, no shade rattle. No at shade all. rattle. Yeah. And I, I thought it was a joy having Graham Morton Norton. And he would genuinely direct them and say, Well, why aren't you not doing this or doing that? And then having fun. I feel Rue and Michelle kinda used to be like that in the early days when they did it together. Yeah. But
1: yeah. um Yeah, revisiting season five. Um, watching some of the season five stuff i i definitely noticed that they seem to be laughing a lot more and having a good time yeah and that because this is graham's really first or second time doing this
0: mm-hmm.
1: he's it seems like he's having a good time had michelle been there it would have been a completely different vibe
0: yeah it would have been like that's what you're doing Uh, okay, so here's what we're gonna do for the commercial filming. I talked to Taylor about this. Is we're not only gonna talk about the filming, we're gonna actually talk about the actual commercial itself. So we won't revisit this on the main stage. We're gonna do the whole commercial bit right here. Okay. So the first one there was Blue Hydrangea. Now, when she's doing it, she's super frazzled. Uh, but she's making Graham laugh, and then she does the cheap joke about the jacking off the water bottle. What did you think of the final product? Uh, what did you think of anything with Cheryl Pole with her water bottle? What was it called? Do you know? Blue hydration. A oh, blue hydration. What were your thoughts on blue hydration, Taylor? It was
1: b- boring. Yeah. I think it started off where, I mean, when she was making the silly faces and mm-hmm. stuff, there was something kind of funny about that. But then, you know, she even said while they were recording, yours are so much better than mine. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. she realized that she had an opportunity that she just sort of missed. And it showed. Mm-hmm. It showed the weird thing at the end where she started like jerking off the water bottle and like mm-hmm. pretending to suck it off and everything yeah. just kind of felt out of nowhere, mm-hmm. especially when she was sort of talking about the political stuff mm-hmm. and that she wanted to be, you know, she wanted to be an, you know, to be an inspiration and to, and to fight for your rights. And then she's ending the commercial jerking off yeah. a bottle. It was a weird disconnect.
0: Yeah, I completely 100% agree with you. All right. Next in uh, on the filming list, we have Cheryl Hall. Now during hers, what was hers called? uh I do not know wasn't it something know. with disco I don't know she messed up her first few lines and then she's um she had a, she wanted to do a thing where she was pointing Graham wanted her to do a thing where she would be pointing and she couldn't get her finger quite in the shot and that was making Graham laugh a, a lot uh what did you think of Cheryl Hole's commercial taylor
1: better than blues but not yeah. much 100%. it was it, I, I the finger included i think is what Saved it from being the worst one. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that she looked great and it had it had the potential to be um, similar to when Jinx did her delusion mm-hmm. where she was kind of like laying on the chaise lounge and like with the two guys draped over and everything. It had the potential to be something similar to that. But then again, it just sort of like at the end, it was just the three of them dancing.
0: Yeah, but you know, it's one of these things. I'll just tell you this right now. spoiler alert. The only one that kept my attention and I was able to follow was Davina's.
1: Uh, Davina's and I thought the Vivians.
0: I don't remember the, the Vivians, that- but, but maybe because I was just, I, I don't know. I just don't remember it. Okay.
1: Um. All right. Then actually, so so wait. What would you what would you grade on an A to F scale? What would you grade? Blues. C minus. Okay. That's that sounds about right. And what about uh, uh, Cheryl's?
0: C. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's what I would go to. Okay.
0: Now, unfortunately, I don't remember the Vivians that well. You know what? You know what I can do with while you talk about the Vivian. Why don't I pull it up? I can actually pull it up. You know.
1: Well, the Vivian starts off where she is a mom that mm-hmm. is got a baby and she's got her hair up in rollers with a, and she's wearing a robe. And then she goes out to her special lab, which is the garage, mm-hmm. and she takes a drink of it. And when she takes a drink of it, she turns to a dry queen. Where it's talking about being very dry and it's supposed to make you moist and it's supposed to make you wet. And yeah. then she kind of gets a crazy look on her face. And after she takes a drink, she she looks up at the camera and she goes, I'm dripping. Um and it's a lot of it's a lot of jokes, punny jokes that I think are meant to allude to a moist
0: vagine. All right, hold on for a second.
1: Gales, are you sick of guzzling loads of water and still feeling drier than my granny on a Saturday night? Well, come as I've got just what you need. In my fella's lab in there, he's infusing water with vaginal digestive so you're gonna be proper moist. I used to be drier than the Sahara, but now I'm dripping. Dripping, keeping you, wet, and your fellow major souls in all goes offies approved by me, ma.
0: Okay, so that was okay. I still think I got it now that I watched it the second time. Not that everyone's you know, I'm taking notes usually when I do this, that's why I miss those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm just watching it, watching it, I'm like, okay. Um, I still, I think I would give that a B minus. What did you think? I would say, a b I would say, a, a yeah, I would say a B. Okay.
1: It was towards the end. I couldn't understand what she was saying, but yeah. the crazy looks on her face was, was, she was very animated and, mm-hmm. and, and fun. So I, I enjoyed that.
0: All right. Davina DeCampo. Now she was the one where they're taking the seawater and like, pr- and purifying it by peeing maybe. Yeah um what did you think of that one
1: i loved her look with the the kind of 40s style jacket and hair mm-hmm. where she had the victory rolls victory yeah. rolls or liberty rolls victory rolls um and with the red and everything i thought that was a great great look the, mm-hmm. i didn't quite get what she was doing in the beginning but then it all came together really really well mm-hmm. um i liked hers more than the
0: vivians so yeah i, I like her more than the vivians her her go ahead a minus i give her like a b Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then bag of chips. Um, What were your thoughts on bag? They were talking about how horrible it was. I didn't think it was. I mean, it was was just very bag of chips.
1: I didn't think it was funny. It was. It was my least favorite of all of them. Who loves a nice big battered sausage? Ah. But it's a right pain in the ass when you start piling on those pounds and reeking of vinegar. Goodbye, bum and Tom, and hello, yummy mum, only with Baggers Chippy Tea Water. The 100% calorie-free water that gives you the fulfillment of a hot fish and chips supper. Let me have a sip
0: first. By the way, the one with the hair, is he the one that you think is really hot? I think so, yeah. No, oh, the Adam Burns? Okay.
1: It might be shy. Oh, that No. That's not the one I think. He's cute, but... Not, yeah, no, you've ruined that for me. We said it looks like Adam uh, oh,
0: oh! 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 That water is bloody good. That is much better. Oh! Outshine your daughter with baggers' chippy water! <clears throat> okay, I'm going to tell you something. I don't... You're saying that's the worst one?
1: It just seems very lowest common denominator for me. And I get... I get... Saying that about some of these for drag races is, is oxymoronic, but mm-hmm. it just felt even like even ending with the burp at the end. And I mean, the only thing that could have been made it more as if she farted like that, that, that's just felt very yeah. with the dripping water on herself and the just the, the, with the stupid faces. And mm-hmm. I, it just, it just was not, it didn't speak to my humor aesthetic.
0: Mm hmm all right very good well that was all of them so in so why there's only five of them why don't you rank them then
1: um i would say i liked uh, i like davina's first then the vivians then cheryl's then blues
0: then bagas okay mine is davina number one the viv number two Bag of chips number three, Cheryl, four, Blue, five. So we both okay. agree that... No, no, no. You don't think Cheryl should have been in the... You, I think Cheryl and Blue were correct when would be in the bottom. You don't agree. I you, think it, you, you would have put think- bag of chips and... Well, I don't know. We don't know how you feel about the looks yet. We don't know how you feel about the looks yet. Yeah, we haven't really gotten to the looks. No, we haven't gotten to the looks yet. All right, moving on. Uh, Later, Davina DeCampo cashed in on her mini challenge prize and made a FaceTime call to Katya. The video went out, however, so Davina was just sitting there. But surprise, surprise, Katya was actually in the next room and the two girls had a kiki about how to survive the competition. Taylor, any thoughts on this uh, call with Katya?
1: Well, this kind of speaks to what we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Katya pretty much said people aren't necessarily always going to get you. So you have to be your own cheerleader and mm-hmm. you have to, you know, when she said, you know, Rue isn't Rue. She's she's an intern. She's mm-hmm. she's she's not she's you can't focus on that because that is when especially when, you know, you're talking about sleep deprivation and you have to be mm-hmm. creative and you have to be funny and you have to yeah. be the whole package all the time. It mm-hmm. gets to be exhausting. Yeah, it's not worth it. So if it or it's not that it's not worth it, it's that you'll lose, you'll lose focus. So if you just kind of go into it with a, with a slight level of delusion that you've got everything under control and that you're, you know, you're the shit, then it makes it easier to kind of stay focused on what works for you, not what works for other people.
0: It's so funny because I feel, you know, I've made it very clear. I'm not the biggest fan of Katya's drag, right? Or how Katya is in the shows. But this is where Katya's brilliance really shines. And this is why Katya is so good. It's on a personal level. She is so good. And what was so weird and so serendipitous about this segment was that at that moment, I was having loads of self-doubt and all this nonsense. And when I saw this segment, I was like taking notes, but I was like, wow, this really hit, it struck a nerve with me because I was like, that's sort of what I'm going through right now too and so I have to just sort of like tell that person in my head to shut up and that I'm the best and blah, blah, blah. not that I'm the best I don't believe in that stuff but um but I was taking a lot of that advice to heart because we not necessarily that I'm the best but we and I think what also Kaji was speaking to and you can speak to this as a mental health professional is often we give others too much power whether they want it or not yeah yeah you know absolutely. Yeah, that's that,
1: that's what I've been saying. Yeah, when you give everybody else your power, that leaves you with no power, and you become dependent. It becomes like a drug where you yeah. are so dependent on on what others think of you that you stop thinking about yourself. Yeah, Katya is you know for all of her issues, she you know I use her in treatment with clients that are dealing with negative self doubt, negative thoughts, and that kind of stuff. Where she's mm-hmm. talked about the fact that she has named that voice in her head Brenda. Mm -hmm. The voice, the tellers tells her that she's not good enough and that she's going to fail and and she's she's worthless, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And she said occasionally when it gets to be too much, I literally say out loud, fuck off, Brenda. And then Brenda goes away for a while. So I've told people find a name for that for the for the voice Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and occasionally tell it to go fuck itself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Actually, believe it or not, what is a throwaway scene had some of the most important advice in the episode it's elimination day and the conversation centers around the gay scene where everybody lives but talks about uh blue talks about how she stays away from the drinking and drugs while cheryl talks about how she really got into the scene but started to lose her sense of real life. The Vivian chimes in and shares her struggle with drug addiction. She was a drug addict for four years and she lost three friends to drugs. She's been clean for two years, but this is the first time her family is hearing that she has had a problem with drugs. The Vivian talks about the support system out there for people struggling with drug addiction and talks about how important it is to seek help, even if you're to seek help if you're struggling with drug addiction. Now, Taylor, isn't it weird that you know Daniel couldn't do this episode? Because it's almost dare I speak. I am sorry here for the pun, tailor made for your area, of ex- your area of expertise because you kind of deal with gays and drugs, don't you? Yeah, unfortunately, so, yeah. I would say
1: meth in particular is mm-hmm. a drug that we are seeing at my agency. Like it's it's just become where I talk about meth every day. That's it's just so, part, that's part of my, part of my life.
0: It's so funny. I was, I was at an event recently, a party, it was a straight people party, and uh, I don't know how it came up, but I, the, the people I was with and I was talking to were were gobsmacked to learn why I tell them that, I think it doesn't make the news that much, but that, the and maybe you might agree or disagree, you can tell me, but I believe that meth is a huge, huge, huge problem in the gay community right now. Yeah. And absolutely it's, it's almost like an epidemic it's a problem so i don't know what you want to speak to in this drug segment and and whatnot and the viv what she was going through emotionally and whatnot
1: it's uh, 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 the way that i described it to a client who i have a client that is trying to remove himself from a situation in which meth is very easily readily available to him mm-hmm. and um I, the way I described it, the way is that, you know, I've never tried meth, but just from the observations that I have had listening to other people, it sounds like you, everybody in us has a, you know, I just use Brenda, but we have a demon that sits dormant Mm -hmm. and meth kind of awakens the demon and it feeds the demon Mm -hmm. but what ends up happening is that you need to feed the demon more and more and the demon gets bigger and bigger but eventually meth isn't enough and it starts to eat the host it Mm -hmm. starts to eat the person i've watched people that i've worked with in the five years that i've been doing this job like literally like fade away like in over in my eyes over the course of years as they've gotten more and more you know Captured more and more imprisoned by this drug on top of everything else. And when you figure that the thing that makes me most upset about it is the desire that other people have to want to do it with somebody because it's, you know, used for sex a lot and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I've had multiple people that have been sober for many years or months or whatever and they run into that one person Mm -hmm. and that person is just like let's go just one time just one time let's go do it let's go do it and it Mm -hmm. just starts the process all over again you know where they've set where i had a guy say to me one time i had the voice in my head screaming get up from the table walk away you don't want this but the 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 demon inside him for lack of a better word was just too loud and just too enticing Mm -hmm. and it's
0: it's horrible it's you lose everything with this drug yeah you know uh i've lost one friend to drug and what's funny when i say lost i don't mean he's dead i mean he's i don't know i heard recently he's moving to chicago which made me breathe a sigh of relief because he he had lived in dc before then he moved mm-hmm. back to southern california and i was worried he didn't come find and kill me and so now a, a mutual <laughs> friend who's friends with him on social media said he's moving to chicago and i was just like. And I'm one you know, I've wondered this thing, Taylor. It's so funny that you you do this. Is there's a part of me that wonders if maybe, and I hope this is the case because I genuinely do love him and I want the best for him, that he is better now, right? Hear me out. Hear me out. That he's better. That the demons behind him. That he's gotten his wits back about him. That he's moving to Chicago for a better life and whatnot. And I hope he finds it. Mm-hmm. But that he hasn't reached out to me. Which it would be very difficult because they've blocked him, but um, he hasn't even attempted to. Because there's like a shame. Is that common? Where like I'm making this up? I'm making this story in my head. I don't know. If he has. Maybe he still thinks I'm trying to break into his phone. I don't know that it's common, but I think that there is.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think that there are people that don't that they that he's not healed yet. You know, mm-hmm. if if he has, in fact, removed himself from that situation, I mean, it's a process that's going to be the rest of his life. Yeah. You know, and that's also not even including like the chemical and physiological changes that extensive meth use over mm-hmm. time does to the does to the brain and does to your body and does to your ability to function. But if, you know, if he gets to a point of where he is doing the steps like 12 steps of something, if he's doing narcotics anonymous or something like that, he may get to a point where he feels comfortable enough where he wants to make amends and he wants to express gratitude and he wants to express what he's feeling um, to you. He may never do that, but ultimately that doesn't, that doesn't reflect positively or negatively on you. That's his journey to go through.
0: No, I, I will say I'm pretty good that if I didn't do anything wrong, I'm pretty good about being you're the crazy person. (laughs) <laughs> like yeah so uh and so with him like yeah i just i almost hope that you know i don't know what's going on with him you know and i think you and i talked about him at length many times we did and he had a lot of like uh schizophrenic episodes and i'm wondering and, and you would know more about this and this happens with this is i wonder speaking of that demon if you if a lot of us have those mental illness that uh parts of us locked up in a in a cap in a in a in a in a, in a box so to speak and i'm wondering if meth unlocks the demon the pandora's box so to speak and there's no getting that ghost back in there
1: yeah there's research on that um there isn't enough research on that yet but i mean i again i mean i'm trying to i have if there's a there's an old song and i know it's more about old people than mental illness but i have Mm -hmm. certain people that i work with that i can't help but think of the old bet midler song hello in there yeah where she's singing about old people that are just kind of where you're just sort of looking at them and wondering what their lives were like before. Mm -hmm. And I have a couple of people that are so far gone and not even necessarily using anymore, but they destroyed their brains to the point of where their ability to function in society is gone for it's never coming back. Like you eventually, you know, break something in your brain mm-hmm. um, that does not allow you to ever come back from that. And I see paranoia with folks like this. I see schizophrenic tendencies. I mm-hmm. see delusions of persecution or delusions of where they feel like they talk to they talk to characters on TV or TV mm-hmm. characters talk to them. And and it gets it it's sort of the the dual diagnosis of mental health and drug use, they usually exacerbate each other. Mm-hmm and they they make each other to where sometimes they feel as though the drug use is the only thing that calms the voices in a person's head. Yeah. And yeah. it's it's it, it it there there are days that I come home from work if I have a lot of folks that I've been talking a lot about meth that I just sort of come home and I just think to myself, thank God I'm not out there anymore and thank God I'm not dealing with that cuz this is a whole different world from like when I was dating, you know, when all of these guys that I talk to um, all of these clients that I talk to, they're all on Grinder and they're all on yeah. Scruff and stuff, and everything in this area from the way they talk about it is all about party and play, and it's all about it's it's not just about going and and a and a tug and run. It's it's all about do, do you do you shoot up? Do you do you snort it? Do you what you know? Do you want to come over? Are you all about Tina? Are you all about Crystal? And that just seems to be the way the world is now. That
0: terrifies me. By the way, public service announcement. I just read this article yesterday in a in a very reputable news source. I can't remember who it was. Washington Post, blah, 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 You gays need to uh, find out who owns whatever app you're on right now. Because I would definitely stay away from Grindr. Because I don't know if you know this, Taylor, but they sold Grindr a couple of years ago to a Chinese company. And the U.S. is so concerned about this sale that they've offered to buy the 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 they want that Chinese company to sell it back because they've gotten word that the Chinese government is using the location data. They're keeping your dick pics and they want to use that information for information mining uh for people to use uh, against them. And I know that sounds cuckoo bananas, but in this day and age I think that's do you want your dick pics and what you say and who you say and where you are Known by the China, that the Chinese government is basically using this company as a front and using Grinder as a as a way to mine data, um, and so the U.S. is trying to get another. They they want to try and force the company to sell it back. I don't know. It's really really creepy. So stay away from Grinder. Was that on where Washington Post? Is that what you said? I don't right remember there? what I don't remember what news source it was, but it was a major news. Source. In other words, it wasn't. Uh, you know haha times or anything <laughs> my 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 usual daily source of news but it was like it was a major there's all these really major weird stories i always remember seeing we're never getting to this episode i always remember <laughs> um if, have you ever seen um like there's a great documentary that if anyone makes it through with it without crying it's called um i think it's called like we were there or something like that have you seen this documentary no it's about the aids crisis in the 80s in san francisco and uh oh, about the hospital no what's the one what's the uh, one about oh, the hospital
1: there was, there was one that was about the hot the only hospital in san francisco that would take like it started the first hiv wing and it was in san francisco or los angeles like in the 80s and mm-hmm. nobody wanted to work at it nobody wanted to go provide support And all that. i'm sorry go ahead we oh, were okay. there
0: and uh but it, it obviously covered the age crisis but it's just funny when they're doing it they talk about how you know when it first came out it was like a buried story in the newspapers you know like page 20 you know, like, uh, gay guys are getting this uh, disease, you know. And I've seen two stories. One, that they've found a new strain of HIV. Yes. That Gosh. was just announced today. Yeah. And then also that was, was the one that I saw that um, uh, that gay guys are getting uh, antibacterial resistant uh, bacteria. Uh, that's resistant to all antibacterial uh, anti- uh, antibiotics, you know, uh-huh. and um, now they were saying, spe- like, I think if you're monogamous, you're safe. I think it's it's people who engage in anal sex regularly. They, they can, and what's funny is they're saying it's it's very specific. They kind of already know the science about it, which is. If you've had a, if you've had a lot of STDs before, and you take a lot of antibiotics. It's weakened the good bacteria in your body too, and I guess so. Yep. People are I guess the good bacteria can fight it, and it doesn't mean a death sentence for anybody. It just means it's taking longer for some people to fight it, or um, they don't know that much about it yet. But I was like, ooh, but there's again a buried story somewhere, um, and you're just like, I wonder if this is going to be the next thing that sort of pops up. Well,
1: the new the new HIV strain has been pretty. Big, that's a pretty big story. Yeah. I will say that with the, but, but, but the, we've heard about these like sort of super gonorrhea and and super syphilis that are really Mm -hmm. multi drug resistant strains. And I, you know, I've got, I've got, I've got somebody that I, Kind of went off on a couple of months ago because mm-hmm. he came in and said, Yeah, I got gonorrhea again, but I just figure shot the butt and everything we found. No. And I went I went nuts. I'm just like, Do you understand that eventually that's not gonna work anymore? And people die from that. Yeah. You know. And I he was he's cause I'm usually like the big goofy, you know, he's a he's a younger guy and I just mm. I'm just kind of this big goofy guy that like, you know, kind of looks out for him sort of thing. And mm-hmm. I ripped him a new one. And was like, you know, you got you got to stop. But like, what's going on that you feel as though it's okay to be not practicing safer sex techniques? And I get I get everybody's on prep, but prep doesn't protect you from all of the other shit that's out there. Yeah. And it's it's scary. It's just it's scary. Again, I'm so there are days that I have conversations with clients and I immediately text my husband afterwards. I'm like, I'm so thankful I have you.
0: Yeah. Uh all right. Well now it's time for the looks. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Yay. Um all right, Taylor. Um uh, well you know, actually we're very lucky today in that uh listener Haley and her mom, they actually were kind enough to write the descriptions out for me. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm gonna read it. This is the first time we're doing this on the air. And I will say... I don't know. I'll read it. Here we go. All right. For the first one, Rue graces the runway in a cherry red confection. The sheer red fabric is completely embellished with embroidery and feathers layered draped into a flowing cape gown with a sleek belt for waist definition. Uh, What were your thoughts on Rue's look there, Taylor?
1: Well, first of all, I love Haley and Haley's mom a little bit because of all the words that you looked clearly confused reading. (laughs) Yeah, so I thought Larue looked great. Um, I like I said, I love the red hair, but I loved I loved the color. It was definitely like a pantsuit when you realized that when she started walking, and something about her waist definition was particularly like I was like, oh okay, because when they first were showing the silhouette, I didn't think I was gonna like it, and then when I realized that there was a definition
0: in the waist, I thought I thought she looked great. I thought she looked absolutely great. All right, Davina DeCampo is scamping around in a y- ugly yellow raincoat, a classic clear bubble umbrella, and, a, and an ugly yellow hat. She whips off the coat and hat to reveal a ridiculous uh, amount of yellow and black latex. She has on a fun yellow w- uh, waspish dress with a full short skirt layered with black collar, corset, and trim. Uh, your thoughts on Davina DeCampo, Taylor?
1: I think this might have been my favorite look, just yeah. as far as the theme goes um she looks great
0: she she really she looked amazing all right Cheryl Hole is in a metallic silver uh, is in a metallic silver vinyl coat and thigh-high boot combo under the jacket is a matching metallic Mugler inspired bodysuit that we would have liked to have seen um your thoughts Taylor the Latte Boy Mugler is, is pr- inspired
1: okay I definitely yes I get that um I loved this look Mm -hmm. Um, I think what they were saying about the granny panties or the, or the little silver panties. Once that was brought to my attention, then I kind of was focused on it a little bit, but it felt very Madonna um, blonde ambition tour uh, when she did like a virgin. There was Mm -hmm. sort of that silver though. That was Jean-Paul Gaultier that did that, but it's very similar to that. Um, But it looked like something you would see like a girl group dancing in. Um it looked felt very Spice Girls plus Madonna to me. I loved the hair. I love that the hair was slicked back and when she was lip syncing, the hair kind of came out a little bit. Yeah. Um, kind of got a little bit more full. Uh I'm trying to decide if I like this look or Davina's look more. I like Davina's look more, but this is a strong
0: fall uh strong contender for first for second place. All right, Bag of Chips is taking us on a wild ride wearing a blue sequin bodysuit and dress coat. The mismatched garments are topped off with an upside-down umbrella with a rubber duck floating in it. And then to tie it all together, her makeup is also blue-toned. Now, they added on this little tag here. She may look like a young... Oh, no, that's that's the Vivian. Your thoughts on Bag of Chips? I didn't like this look at all. Oh, I loved it. No, I, I thought not was li- so I, mean, I liked
1: I liked Graham's comment of she looked like Liza Minnelli at a psychiatric
0: ward. So as a but I think nurse. he meant that as a compliment.
1: No, he did mean it as a compliment, and I didn't get i the hat, the upside down thing with the dock. It just it didn't it didn't work for me. I thought her makeup and her hair looked great. Mm-hmm. The
0: outfit was I was not a fan. All right, now she may look like a young Alfred Molina out of drag, but in drag the Vivian is wowing the judges. <laughs> But that
1: never occurred to me until right now. Oh, my God.
0: In drag, the Vivian is wowing the judges in an androgynous, high-fashion, rainstorm look. Her long, black, wet hair is topped with a rain cloud tool hat? Is that right? That tool. Is, yeah. That is dripping crystals. She is in a fully covered puffer gown, paired monster glass with long nails, and she is wearing blue, teary makeup to complete the character illusion. Taylor, I'll tell you your thoughts here on the Vivian. I hated this look. Oh, really? I love it. I absolutely, I get what she was trying to do. I feel
1: like the little beadwork, the Pier 1 beads that were hanging off all of the rim of the hat, that it cheapened it for me. Mm -hmm. I think that had she, and also the, I didn't quite get why the hands were brown. Mm Mm-hmm. And and they were also a different color brown than the dress, which seemed very heavy. It didn't. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like a rainstorm to me. I just. I didn't. I didn't like this at all. I thought her makeup looked very cool. Mm-hmm. It looked very. It looked very honestly very dragula.
0: Oh to yeah, me. I could see that.
1: So, but I was not. I. I did not. For for them all talking about how couture it was and how crazy, but I did not get it. I did not like it at all. Mm-hmm
0: um okay very good uh and finally blue dances down the runway like a candy water sprite she has selected a short pleated circle skirt in a clear let me try that again she has selected a short pleated circle skirt in a clear iridescent vinyl matching umbrella and a thigh high boots she makes the most of her figure with her waist cinched and her short flirty silhouette her wig is a glossy blend of soft pastel that is perfectly paired with the dress uh Taylor, your thoughts here on blue hydrangea
1: it was fun. It was very Katy Perry. Um, I, I always enjoy iridescent. Um, one of my favorite uh, season finale looks was Courtney Axe's iridescent look from the season six. Um, so any to end ruse look uh, at one of the season finales where she wore an iridescent dress as mm-hmm. well. So I always enjoy that. Um, uh, the makeup. Was well, again, you know, this is something that we just saw on Dragula recently with Dahlia Black kind mm-hmm. of drawing the eyes on mm-hmm. to make the eyes look bigger. I'm not a fan of that because as we saw during the lip sync, it really kind of prevented her from emoting from the eyes because the the eyes were just all oh, you could focus on were that were the fake eyes that don't blink. So mm-hmm. she just kind of had this weird doll look to her that I did not like. But the dress itself, I thought, was very cute.
0: All right. Very good. And that is the looks and special. Get, thanks again to Haley and her mom for writing that. Um, I had no idea what I was saying. I'll tell you that right now. Yes. All right. I uh, noticed that during. I was like words. I was like a newscaster. She, they could have written like, <laughs> you know, I killed Jeffrey Epstein, and they would. I would have just read it. Go fuck yourself, San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> During the untuck segment, Cheryl Hole talks about the thrill of meeting Cheryl Cole. The Vivian was happy with her performance this week. Davina was glad that her spot came together because she could tell the other girls couldn't tell what she was doing. And Baga thinks she's going home and gives up on the competition. Oh, my God. I can't wait till Evan watches that. (laughs) <laughs> I really can't. Back on the main we stage. We haven't heard from him yet. We haven't. I would, have thought, yet. I would have thought for sure we would have heard from him. By I'm going to call him on the air. Uh, back on the main stage, Cheryl Hole earlier had a moment with the real Cheryl Cole. The Vivian was named the winner of the challenge. While much to Bag of Chips' surprise and Evan Ayers' surprise, RuPaul named Blue and Cheryl as the bottom two after a lip sync battle for their lives. Cheryl Hole was told, Shantae, you stay. While Blue Hydrangea was asked, sashay away, Taylor Vellante Boy, any final thoughts on the episode? <clears throat> I think the bag of chips saying she was going home
1: was a strategy on her part. Okay. Tell me about it. I don't think she thought she was in the bottom. Or if she thought she was in the bottom, she was de- – because she's not. she's not nuanced in her ability to perform. She's very over the top and I think that she was trying to undersell and or have people think that she wasn't going to do that well and then planned on if she had to lip sync to blow it out of the park. Mm -hmm. I I that hold that because that was just a very odd for someone to have been as strong as she's been through this entire thing and as confident as she's been through all of this and really kind of get sort of a middle of the road review compared to the other girl compared to Blue and Cheryl, mm-hmm.
0: I I I call I call shenanigans. But that terror. seems like a, that seems like really like a deep game, which I've learned not to ever not to never give credit to the girls who are playing a deeper game than we think. Do you just think maybe Well, I don't think it was <clears> that <throat> it was a deep game where she's like,
1: I'm gonna do this every single time. Mm-hmm. I think it was just one of those where she thought I have to save myself. So if I go the way I normally do, doing the whole, well, I got this in the bag. If I'm lip syncing, da 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 mm-hmm. da, then it makes sense. Oh, that- you're saying to undersell it? To undersell? Yeah, she was underselling.
0: Ah, oh, interesting. I like your thinking there. Yeah. So the other thought <laughs> that I had was, can you imagine? Yeah. If Cheryl
1: Hole. <laughs> if Cheryl Hole got to meet Cheryl Cole mm-hmm. and have this big moment and then lip sync a Cheryl Cole song and then got sent home to a Cheryl Cole, what that would have done to that poor girl's psyche oh
0: my god oh my god so, because the way she that, yeah, the way she did it now like she can even if she wins or loses she'll always said like i performed in front of Cheryl Cole and a Cheryl Cole song in front of Cheryl Cole and and won the lip sync
1: yeah yeah. So I, I I did think that was a nice moment for them to be able to share. It felt much more genuine. It felt much more not genuine is not the right word. I mean, it did feel genuine, but it just it was a nice moment compared to like when Cameron. No, uh, did, you, did you did you Cameron? Did
0: you say Cameron? Did, what, who what about Cameron? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Cameron Michaels with Shania Twain on <laughs> season ten. Yeah. Just felt very that was his that was her name, right? Cameron Michaels? Yeah. Okay. Just felt very like, I used to dance to you and Shania Twain just kind of doing the whole like, okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it it this just felt like it was a nice moment between a fan and a celebrity. Yeah. And it was it was I, I enjoyed that. That might have been the third thing that I enjoyed about this. And for her to be able to include RuPaul in that, as far as two of the biggest inspirations of my life are sitting watching me perform right now, I so will say I'm,
0: I'm sure Luke has had that same experience with me, where like he's like, "Oh my god, I'm the world's biggest fan! I'll I'll, I'll murder a politician for you." And I'm like, okay, that's <laughs> really weird. I don't know why you just tweeted me that you're willing to assassinate a politician for me, but okay Oh God! Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race recap. Be sure to join us next week and every week as we continue to discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each brand new episode of RuPaul's Drag Race UK. So for Tequila Latte Boy and myself, sashay away until next week. any comments thoughts or questions about drag race uk email us at drag at gmail.com follow us on twitter and instagram at drag race recap our instagram account is managed by steven starling you can follow us on facebook at facebook.com slash drag race recap if you want more access to drag race content and other afterthought media shows support us on patreon at patreon.com slash afterthought media Follow Daniel Brewer on Twitter at Daniel Brewer. Also, subscribe to his YouTube channel at youtube.com slash WDW That's WDW Follow Joe Batanz on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Batanz. That's B-E-T-A-N-C-E. The theme song was written by Lucian Piani and arranged and performed by Alex Lefebvre. RuPaul's Drag Race Recap is an Afterthought Media Podcast.